You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, for what will be your pregame edition of Locked On Browns. Uh, hope everybody sat down yesterday um, in whatever capacity. Uh, just try to take a break from it all. And uh, if we've learned anything here in 2020, uh, it's not about what you want. It's about what you have. So hopefully, you know, you got to sit down yesterday with your, obviously, in-den personnel, so to speak. And uh, just enjoy the day. Um, you know, look, 2020 has been a year like no other. Um, you know, sometimes time to reflect and appreciate and, you know, understand, you know, what is of the utmost importance to you and your world. We tried to sit down last night. Um, normally we record these pregame shows on Thursday night, but it's just too difficult right now. Um, you know, obviously the state of every NFL team, it's it's a daily thing. And, you know, we had no idea about, you know, obviously Jedrick Wells and so many other players. And now you still see the uh, injury report today, which, I mean, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if you're an older person like me, uh, when you got to put your age into something on the phone and you go, you got to spin that sucker like it's the showcase showdown on Wheel of Fortune. Uh, that's basically where the laundry list of injuries are. Um, we're going to get into all that here. You know, obviously talk the Browns defense versus Jacksonville offense, flip it up, Browns offense. Uh, game thoughts and all of that and more on your Locked On Browns pregame show with your host Jeff Floyd and Sports Illustrated's Mr. Pete Smith. The Locked On Browns pregame show is brought to you by uh, Built Bar. Today's show is brought to you again by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code all caps locked on and you'll get 20% off your next order. Uh, it's the craziest thing, Pete, and I know Browns fans are upset and nervous, you know, where their team is at. Um, and then, you know, you get to, uh, you know, the Jags and, you know, first things first, I mean, Pete, there's going to be guys lining up and I'm not talking about, you know, covering a kick or something on Sunday for Jacksonville. There's going to be guys starting. I mean, that me and you are literally going to have to scratch the surface for and say, man, do we even remember anything about this guy? Uh, yeah, Luke Barku out there playing corner. Uh, there's some dude named Don who plays defensive tackle, Don Co- or something, Costin. Uh, yeah, they got a bunch of guys I've never heard of or don't remember. I, I mean, I remember Luke Barku, but uh, they've got a bunch of guys that are uh, wouldn't be backups on the Browns, and they're going to be counting on them to make plays. I don't know if they'd be on the practice squad, Pete. <laughs> Uh, there's a couple of them where it's, uh, where it might be tough, but I mean, they, they're, they're on their fifth corner, fifth and sixth and seventh corners at this point. At starters though, as starters guys, not as like, you know, nickel and dime and fifth, sixth that are going to be, they're literally out their top five or whatever it is, top four. It's, it's insane. Uh, so I guess with this, we'll start on the offensive side of the ball here. Um, we've seen Pete, you know, the defense, you know, start to step it up here a little over the last couple of weeks. Um, it's going to be, you know, insurmountable to ask the defense you know whatever you're going to get from this Browns defense this week you're just going to have to take it this is going to be one where it's just you know there's not much as defense is going to be able to do anything you get out of more is a win but that being said you know the defense with Nick Chubb back with Wyatt Teller back with Austin Hooper back the fact that yes there may be a little rain in Jacksonville on Sunday guys but it's a far far cry from playing in you know 30 degrees you know 40 mile an hour winds and rain uh so even if it is a little rain in Jacksonville on Sunday. Uh, big opportunity here for the offense to, you know, get right. Um, first time in, I guess, almost now a month. They have not played in serious, serious elements. And they're going to have to carry this. There's just no way around it. 
Um, and look, you can easily probably do it with, you know, Nick and Kareem like you have. Um, but it's the opportunity here to get this passing game hopefully going again after you had such that high after Baker Mayfield's final three quarters in Cincinnati. Then you faced a month of the elements. But, you know, it, it, it's on the offense this week. Um, it, it's it's not terrible to say it's on the offense this week. Um, and it probably shapes up well for the offense who needs probably a real feel-good moment here, not just the running game, the passing game as well. And hopefully, you know, this should align for, you know, to get yourself this feel-good, you know, week out of the offense again. Well, they had the the great game against the Bengals uh, and Baker Mayfield throwing five touchdowns and a bunch of guys stepping up and making plays. And then you had three games of various elements uh, and missed opportunities, whether it was drops or a missed throw or something along those lines. It was rarely defenders stopping them. It was just not being able to sort of finish plays and take full advantage. And the Jaguars have basically a couple linebackers and safeties and everything else is crap. So they have to be able to take advantage. And obviously, first and foremost, they have to get the win. But in some ways, it's like your final sort of tune-up before you face the Titans and the Ravens in back-to-back weeks. And those games are important, uh, not only because they're in a playoff race and all that, but they may be the last best competition they faced the rest of the regular season. Uh, The Steelers, the path they're going on, they're not going to have to play anything on week 17 and the Browns play the jets and the giants before that. So you need to prove yourself against the Ravens because they're the Ravens, but you need to play well against those type of teams because those are what you're going to see in the playoffs. So getting a better passing game clicking. And I think they're more than capable. I I see things every week where I'm cautiously optimistic of where this thing's going, but you just want to be able to see it. Uh, you want to be able to have it on tape uh, and being able to to have the, those in-game reps of dominating again like they did against the Bengals. And the Jaguars are, are sort of in a situation where they're asking you or, or at least giving you the opportunity to, to do that. In talking with the host of Locked On Jaguars, and he said, you know, they, it's to the point now where it's going to be difficult for, for the Jaguars here. He said, you know, they, they come out hard, they play young, you know, they give you everything they have, but then it gets to a certain point where the game starts to, you know, get away from them. They just don't have enough firepower to compete for 60 minutes with these teams. Um, and the amount of injuries that they're going to come into this game with and guys they are missing, uh, it's to the point now where, I mean, you know, look, and you're, you're sitting here at, you know, one and nine, one and 10, whatever it is. Uh, that, you know, you're starting to see the writing on the wall and, you know, you're starting to look around that, you know, most likely some guys possibly going to lose their jobs, head coaches, possibly general manager. You know, whoever the quarterback uh, for the 2021 Jacksonville Jaguars is, is probably not on this roster right now. So you have eyes obviously on, you know, what the next future signal for the team is going to be. It's, again, it's, you know, you have the advantage on the offensive line. You have the advantage at the skill positions against this defense. And, you know, you've got cornerbacks out here uh, that, you know, have barely seen any real live NFL competition. Uh, It's just the week to go get it right and, you know, get everybody feeling good like they were. And it's, you know, and to talk about this last month, and granted you were two and one over that stretch in this crappy weather, 
But, you know, you start to want to, you know, what you want to get a little more balanced. You know, you want to start to get, you know, this passing game going. Um, look, I mean, the more and more as this goes on, as well as we're running the football, you know, you're just going to continue to stack boxes. Um, you know, last week they were able to show and hit a couple of vertical plays to Higgins and obviously to Hodge, which, you know, hopefully, you know, start to open things up, you know, keep things honest that you have, you know, hopefully the use of everything at your disposal with the passing game. That being said, Pete, interesting name uh, released today. And I believe we actually, I think we approached him or talked about him at some point here. Uh, Kenny Stills released from the Houston Texans. Um, kind of a one trick pony, but as far as what, you know, he can do as a receiver, but Pete, the one trick he kind of does have probably would fit, you know, what the Browns could use here. I don't know if he would have a major role if they brought him in, but it would certainly, you know, be at least, you know, up, you know, upping the overall talent level of the wide receiver room as it's currently constructed. Well, he is a deep threat and the Browns are currently rolling with Kadero Hodge and Richard Higgins as their biggest deep threats. So certainly that could be an upgrade there. If nothing else, he can just create more opportunities for the rest of them. Problem is he's on waivers, and I don't think there's a chance in hell that the Browns are going to sniff him. I'd be stunned if he got all the way through uh, the waiver wire to the Browns, if for no other reason because the Ravens need receiver help, and I could see them easily put in a claim for him. Uh, but there are multiple teams that could use – a, a capable body that can come in and stretch the field and give them another deep, deep option or just more speed on the field. So I, th- I think he's an interesting piece. I, I would have to assume the Browns would put in a claim for him. I just don't expect them to win. It's possible. I mean, you know, and with Kenny Stills, I mean, I think you're paying about you know $2 million. Um, and for the Browns, it would obviously, he's not, he would be no part of Sunday's plans. Um, so you're talking about how much can you get him up to speed for what would essentially be, you know, the final five games um, and hopefully, you know, anything in January. Um, but certainly you got to look at, he's certainly, you know, we come in here and, you know, it's certainly somebody they could probably use at this point. Pete, I mean, if we're going to talk about this on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, this should be, this should be a week where we can get back to, you know, I would, I would have to say the thirties as far as putting up points. You'd certainly think so, uh, given the situation. Uh, and and I, I don't think there's any reason to believe that the defense can't put up a score either. Uh, the Jaguars' offense is basically injured. Um, they're missing two of their top receivers. They're playing uh, Mike Glennon at quarterback. They're missing their starting left guard. And we thought Wentz was a statue. You want to talk about a statue? Yeah, I mean – I, I get it from the standpoint of Jake Luton was struggling to the point where it seemed to be dysfunctional from the standpoint of, yes, they're okay. Probably, I, I, was, I would assume the front office anyway is very okay with losing at this point, uh, but not to the point where you can't get reps to some of these young guys and the receivers like LaVisca Chenault and DJ Chark and, and, and Chris Conley, although two of those guys are, won't be playing in this game. So it's sort of like when the Browns had Josh McCown and they put in like uh, – uh, some of their weak-armed options, and it was like Mark, Josh McCown was going to lose, but he'd throw three touchdowns in the process, and you'd get some at least development out of that, whereas some of those other guys uh, would throw the ball five yards underneath the whole game and never get the ball, th- those guys, those opportunities. So I get it. But at the same time, the Browns are sort of down on defense, but they're going to have Ronnie Harrison, which I, I frankly was a, a little unexpected for me. And they are still better 
um, at every other position group except for linebacker than the opposition. So as much as the Browns have every excuse to sort of allow the Jags to score points, I'm not sure that they're going to allow the Jags to score points. So if they're not hanging out on the field a lot or they cause turnovers or whatever, I mean, James Robinson is a potential issue, but they are going to potentially be giving you the ball a lot and allowing you to, to control the ball and score more points. So, you know, this is a, if there's been any game where the Browns should win and it's not, you know, sort of within reach by the end of it, it should be this one. I mean, they should win reasonably comfortably. I mean, it doesn't matter if they score like a, you know, a, a garbage time touchdowns touchdown like the Eagles did uh, last week, but, you know, it, it should feel like a comfortable win because the Jags are awful and the Browns are at least trying to present themselves as a as a real playoff team. Yeah, and we're going to get to a little bit more on the defensive side of the ball here. We're going to talk about some of the guys who are going to obviously have to step up with uh, you know a, a ton of folks out on the defensive side of the ball when you're losing three starters. Um, you know, going into a game without you know missing three starters, obviously you know difficult. Uh, the good news is you know for the you know. They got, uh, you know, they will, will hopefully be back at some time. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Look, folks, it's been a difficult year for everybody and understandable in whatever way possible. And, you know, we're all just trying to get through here and get to the other side. But, you know, having, you know, Thursday night NFL Sundays, Sunday night football, Monday night football, and I guess, hello, Tuesday night football again. Uh, it's been nice to at least have, you know, some time here to basically escape, you know, from the craziness outside of your own home and sit down and enjoy the NFL. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi feels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to football, go, go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Defensively, Pete, and look, again, it's it's difficult. Um, you know, look, uh, the, the you, you're hoping you can get, you know, Olivier Vernon and Adrian Claiborne to play like they did last week. But, you know, you, you lose Miles Garrett. Who did you put in to start for Miles Garrett last week? You put in Porter Gustin. Linebacker Sione Takitaki had the best day of his NFL career last Sunday. Sione Takitaki now out with COVID. Denzel Ward, big interception late in the game last week. Denzel Ward out with a calf injury, looking possibly anywhere two to four weeks to you know the return of Denzel Ward. It's getting thin here, Pete. I mean, you know, I, I'm going to assume maybe this means more Jacob Phillips. Maybe it means more, more you know, uh, Malcolm Smith. You know, maybe even Elijah Lee will get some snaps at the you know the linebacker position. Um, you're going into this game with three defensive ends, three, um, you know, do you, do you use Sheldon a little bit there to maybe try to limit, you know, because with, you know, Vernon can almost kind of go, you know, at a normal rate of snaps. You don't want to do that with Claiborne. Um, you know, we're going to see more of 69 again, who actually, you know, looked at, you know, pretty well at a couple times last week here, but how do you manage the defensive line here? Um, and only having three pass rushers. And even if you were in this instance, oh, maybe you would say, oh, maybe you could, you know, you know, kill a few reps with Sione Takitaki. Not an option. Um, real thin here, Pete. And I, it's not going to be staggeringly hot on Sunday. Um, but look, you know, if you're talking anywhere in the 70s, that's a big, big change. 
uh, from what these Browns players are used to. And, you know, you do worry a little bit about, you know, you know, being gassed, being winded, just due to the fact that the temperature is going to be twice as high as they are used to this time of year. Uh, well, Shoni Takitaki is brutal, and it has less to do with w- this week, although I, I, I think it would be really nice to have him against a guy like James Robinson. Uh, next week, not having him against Derrick Henry is a tough situation. Um, I mean, He's the I, only I, one you think's actually got the stones to line up. At least take on 22 in a hole. Well, I mean, that's at least that's at least his skill set. I mean, that is that is his role. He's going to take on contact and and thrive in that scenario. Uh, you know, I, who who else is sort of going to do that uh, on this team? They don't really have that guy. Um, the Browns worked out uh, Jamal uh, Davis today. Um, I expect they will sign him in some capacity, and he will play someday. Um, he's a former Akron Zip who's been How's on the Browns. How is he going to get through COVID? Well, I think, I mean, I, I assume he's already going through the process as we speak. That's I, that's my only hitch. You know, I mean, I understand, obviously, you know, you're looking to bring in another DN here. My question is going to be how, how the world are you going to get through the protocol and be ready for Sunday? Right. I mean, it, it, you know, today may count. I mean, if they already started going through, it'd be, you know, I, I don't I don't know the answer to that. Um, well, and that's also part of the thing, though, because the old traditional thing was, is, you know, said team is working out so-and-so. Right now, what that could mean is said team is COVID testing so-and-so to make sure they can get him in the building as fast as possible. Well, I'm assuming that Jamal Davis still lives locally, and he basically just had to get in his car and go up there, um, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's like being at the Senior Bowl or one of those All-Star games and you're a gas tank away. Uh, they need a body. I mean, he qualifies. Uh, he's undersized, stand-up end type, um, and they just need a fourth guy. I mean, Brian right Cox now, Jr., where the hell are you when we need you? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think that's that's where we're at. And so I, I expect that somehow, some way, Jamal Davis will be able to play. I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. And and if they get him, I think he'll be here for two weeks because they're they're only getting. I mean, they're getting Garrett back, which is great, but they're still going to be down. Uh, Joe Jackson and uh, Porter Gustin next week. So they Gustin. still may want to have another end there. Uh, corners tough. I mean, uh, you know, without being able to say this is what's going on at practice, you know, and here's the tape, you know, Kevin Johnson goes to the boundary. The question is, do, do they bring a third guy and move him back to the slot like a an A.J. Green type, or do they want him to stay out there and try to go with like M.J. Stewart or uh, Tavier Thomas again? You know, that's sort of a question that we don't have an answer to. Um, and that's, you know, what what's the best way to go with that? That's, that's difficult. And Sheldrick Redwine is out for this game. He's ruled out for an injury. Um, he theoretically could be another slot guy, but he's out this week. Um, so you're really limited there. Having said that, they're still better uh, than the Jags. It, it really comes down yep. to if you can get through this game okay. Um, again, James Robinson – sort of becomes a, a substantial threat in this uh in this game just because of the style he runs but the Jaguars offensive line is sort of down because they they lose arguably their best guy uh but uh they they at least get Ronnie Harrison back they're at least hopefully uh Olivier Vernon and uh, Adrian Claiborne continue to play well and it's another game where you, know, you hope your defensive tackles do well. Jordan Elliott is coming off a really productive game for him. 
Um, that's a position where they can really short circuit this run game and hopefully create more obvious passing situations, which are going to invariably uh, favor the Browns and they can get a stop uh, here, you know, enough of them. Again, uh, the Jag- Jaguars are not good normally. Uh, their offense has some playmakers on it, but most of those guys are hurt. So you just have to basically deal with it and, and do the best you can. But it really becomes about surviving through this one and being in a position to compete against the Titans and the Ravens because they're going to, you know, Derek, obviously going from James Robinson to Derrick Henry is not a great situation. Uh, you have to be able to stop that and you have to somehow be, be able to compete with just the size of the Titans offense uh, with guys like AJ Brown and stuff. So it's muddling through for the most part and, and really counting on the, this is why this game becomes important for the offense is because they need those guys that side of the ball to play. Well, I expect the running game is going to thrive as it, as it has been, but uh, you've got to be able to pass the ball. And some of this, I have to imagine there, there is some element of this that is not simply about winning the game, but it's also a little bit of, it's setting up you know future games it's also a little bit about evaluating um you know the weather is what it is and you have to play with what's out there but on some hand they they also have to be able to get some continue to evaluate Baker Mayfield and I think the Browns are really happy with Mayfield I think they actually like him more than most people do but at the same point you still want these games to be able to you know where, where you're you're going against a weekend opponent you have all the reason to win and they have every reason to lose and you should go out and take care of business in that way. He can't go out there and, and struggle and throw, you know, bad interceptions or anything. He's been protecting the ball well. Now it's, you know, it should be you know, the way he's been playing as far as reading the field. It should all be there for him. And I was just taking advantage and making those plays. Yeah, I mean, you know, we like to use the term batting practice all the time. This, you know, lines up for what should be, uh, you know, obviously, you know, certainly, you know, some you know, batting practice straight down the middle. Take the easy stuff and have a blast with it. Um I do think with, you know, when we're talking about the amount of guys that are going to be out, and I don't care who the opponent is, um, but when you talk about the amount of players that are going to be out and the fact that this defense is still should be, you know, good enough to, you know, you know I'm not saying pitch a shutout, but pitch a good effort um, and, you know, hold this team intact, it's, you know, it, it shows that, you know, things have changed here as far as, you know, the depth of this roster um, and, you know, what is here. I mean, look, you still need some pieces. But it's not like, you know, where Pete and I have covered years in the past. You know, we're going to talk about every single positional group during free agency, during the draft, because the Browns need, you know, one, if not two, at every, you know, positional group on the roster. It's, you know, things are starting to get obviously better in that scenario. But Pete, you know, some guys who haven't essentially carried their weight this year, and we all know the name, whether it's Sendeo, whether it's Carl Joseph, whether it's Mac Wilson. Look, for some of these guys who, you know, have basically been along for the ride this year, hey, guys, can one of you, you know, step up a little bit here Sunday and, you know, at least, you know, maybe, you know, not just be, you know, part of the Miles, Denzel, Ronnie Harrison and be the backup singers. Can, you know, somebody, you know, maybe, you know, handle, you know, singing a verse, at least sing a little chorus here, maybe not just be roadies for this defense? Well, yeah, I mean, I'd like to say, obviously, I'd like to see, Jacob Phillips get opportunities and see what he does, and hopefully he's his, obviously his obviously his case, you know, obviously you know drastically different than the other. But go ahead. But I mean, it's just you know, Matt Wilson is what he is. He sucks. I mean, I, I just 
I would well, love for him to dummy your way into an interception, re- recover a fumble, g- give me something. At least we can mention your name as opposed to the fact that, you know, 51 didn't do this, 51 didn't do that. I, I, I mean, I would love for him to prove me wrong and, and go out and play a phenomenal game, but I, I'm working on, you know, what we've got, what we've seen from him. And it's never good. So, you know, at least with a guy like Jacob Phillips, there's the potential there to play well. When he's on the field, he makes tackles. And that's really all I need from the linebackers at this point. <laughs> you have one job, make tackles. We'll, take, Wilson, we'll take rudimentary stuff for a thousand. Yeah. So, and look, I would love nothing more than to see, you know, a situation where Ronnie Harrison is back. So let's put Carl Joseph up in the box at that sort of slot linebacker position and let him go to work. I think he he's done better than some of those other guys up there uh, and continue to succeed in that. Ma- Malcolm Smith is coming off a terrible game for him, so hopefully he can play better. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not expecting guys who have been terrible uh, that aren't, you know, dragging something onto the field to suddenly be good. So, I, I, I you know, this becomes a, a game where it's an opportunity. Um, I, I'm curious to see if the Browns provide those opportunities. I mean, necessity may force some of it. Are they going to put guys like Tay Davis out there or Elijah Lee? Um, I don't know the answer to that. I'm hoping we see Jacob Phillips. And I'm hoping he gets Javante some- Moffitt looks like he might be lined up for some reps on Sunday. Yeah, he may have to. And and he's a player that's interesting. Uh, and he's he's, you know, he is when when you're looking at this draft class. And I, and I was looking for safeties at the end of the draft. I kept coming to the conclusion that Javante Moffitt is just better. So if he gets an opportunity, I'd like to see him do some stuff. He's not really a free safety. Uh, but, you know, if, if he can get out there and contribute and, and they can sort of create situations that are favorable, then great. I mean, uh, but let's, let's you know, if we can if, – if the Browns can use this game as a tune-up, as a, as a way where they can – just work on getting better. They, the offense takes care of business early and sort of, you know, puts their, their foot on the throat of the Jags. Then you can be in a position where you can do those type of things and you can hopefully just get a good evaluation. And, and not only that, but it'd be nice to be able to uh, get some players out of the game that are maybe nursing some things uh, or just, you know, whatever. So there, there's just a lot of spots where they can hopefully, you know, injuries suck and the, and the COVID thing is, just awful from every uh, standpoint, but you know, this becomes opportunities for other guys. And is somebody going to be able to take advantage and show themselves something? I mean, that, that's how Ronnie Harrison got here in the first place. He yep. took advantage of uh, Carl Joseph being injured and got some opportunity and played well. And now he's, you know, he's a, arguably the, uh, the second or third best player, depending on how you, you know, argue it as far as on the entire defense. So I don't expect that to happen, but it would be nice to get more out of some of those spots. Yeah. I mean, look, and, you know, and, and what was his name? Uh, Jermaine Whitehead or whatever, you know, he was, uh, you know, damn near Ronnie Lott last year, week four versus the Ravens. Somebody, somebody play a little bit above your level or a little bit above your performance of what it's been to this point. Look, these guys have gotten you to this point here. The least you can do is when you get your opportunity, uh, you know, make a name for yourself. We're coming to come back and you know, we'll do some game thoughts to confidence. Uh, you know, con- uh, we'll do the confidence meter as far as Sunday as we continue to roll on through your Locked on Browns pregame show with your host, Jeff Lloyd and Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith.
Zabo Apparel, as everybody, you know, this weekend, uh, the biggest shopping weekend in the uh, of the entire calendar year. Zabo Apparel, 15% off all weekend long. Brian and his family do a tremendous job over there. Um, talking with Brian for you know well over, you know, probably a year and a half now. Um, just enjoy the conversation. I enjoy the man. I enjoy his dedica- dedication to his craft. Um, he puts out a fantastic product, whether it's at the store in Vermilion, Ohio, or through ZaboApparel.com. Uh, check him out. Instagram, Twitter, Zabo Apparel. Again, they just they put out a quality product, passionate fans. Um, you know, Brian usually he finds a way to make, you know, make eight to you know, eight to twelve games a year. Um, big time Browns follower and obviously enjoying you know every second of this season up until this point. So if you are looking to get geared up for the holiday weekend, go ahead and check out ZaboApparel.com. Come Sunday, you'll get Pete and I at some point firing up the Locked On Browns post-game show. Uh, and again, like I, w- what you need here is you need Browns get whenever their first possession of the game is. Take the ball down the field, you know, throw in some passing game, have Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb run like the aggressive, hard runners they are, and just set a tone to this young group of Jaguars players. Today's not your day. Um, you're you, you're going to get yours. We're going to give it to you as good as we can get. And as Pete mentioned, maybe you get this to where it's actually a 50-minute football game, and you can tell you know one or two of these offensive linemen, you know what, man, you've been busting your butt all year. Go sit down the rest of this one here. We'll talk about Tennessee on Tuesday, Wednesday rest up here a little bit. Pete, confidence level going into this one. And here it's it's not different for me much from last week. Look, you're outnumbered. Um, but again, so is Jacksonville. So if you know you're taking a hit here and Jacksonville's taking a hit, you're still a superior team going into this. Um, so obviously there is that. And Pete, there is, and I'm sure it's being mentioned in there as a motivational ploy. Um, I'm sure we're not going to hear anything that's going to leak out of that locker room. Uh, but seven, eight, and one in 2018, six and ten last year. New general manager, new head coach. They can get this team to eight and three, and that eight—that's it. I mean, you've you've clinched the 500 season. That should not be a you know something you're. That should not be your goal by any means whatsoever for the way this team is playing and the games that are left. But it does mean you know you've improved you know this franchise drastically over their, you know drastically over the last two seasons. And, you know, it, it, I don't want to say it's it, I don't want to say it's a big one, but it is a big one. I mean, to be eight and three, um, have you know two easily winnable games still on a schedule to get you to 10. Look, it's it, it, it's a big win. I mean, it, 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 it I don't think anybody's going to change their opinion of what this Cleveland Browns team is for 2020 if they win this game on Sunday. But, uh, oh, yeah, God forbid, if they lose, you know, then everybody would come back out, you know, calling for heads, screaming and, you know, wanting everybody replaced and everybody fired. Well, I mean, they should win uh, because the Jags are bad and the Browns are, again, trying to make the case that they are a legitimate team and somebody that can not only make the playoffs but potentially win the playoffs. You can't uh, lose to this team this beat up. I mean, if they had all their starters uh, and they were, you know, playing reasonably well, this would be this would stand out as a potential trap game. But they're just so bad uh, with what they have that if the Browns um, play poorly and allow these guys to hang around and ultimately beat them. Um, that would be just an embarrassing uh, loss. It wouldn't rule them out of anything. They could still, you know, make the playoffs and all that stuff. But this is 
this is the closest thing they're going to get to a free game and they have to be able to take advantage and they have to be able to cash it in. And I don't know that eight and three means all that much to the team so much as it just is their one and no mentality. And that what they're really focused on is beating the Titans who beat the hell out of them last year and beating the Ravens who beat the hell out of them earlier this year. I think those games mean far more to them. I think the Jags are largely immaterial to this whole thing. I think this is sort of that the quote unquote business trip. Uh, it's an opportunity to get better and they just want to get through it and get past it productively and healthy and worry about uh, having to make that trip out to uh, Nashville. Yeah. And I, I think it gives you the, you know, and you talk about the time, you know, you know, we need a game to work on some things and obviously the offense is going to get the opportunity here to, uh, you know, get in sync, you know, get a little bit more here than just, you know, the running game. Um, and hopefully find a way and still, again, and it seems weird, Pete, you know, with this tight end position and, you know, with the amount of fat guys you have there, this is still a group that can give you more. And the way it was designed was to give you more. Um, and look, if you're not totally getting everything you want out of Jarvis Landry, I get it, but there's other options, you know, whether it's Kareem Hunt through the passing game, whether it's finding more ways to use these three tight ends. Uh, just get everybody through this game, get a good win, get everybody feeling good about themselves and understanding that these new, these next two weeks after that are probably what's going to define, you know, postseason. but it'll put a, the next two weeks is going to essentially put what is, you know, the definition of what was or is the 2020 Brown season. Yeah. Go out and get a win. Come back and focus on what it takes. I mean, they're at a point now. And wear your damn with, masks. Yeah, I mean, they're but I mean, they're at a point now where this shouldn't feel like a, a you know a meaningful win. They are good enough where this should be a ho hum, get the W, move on to the next one. They are good enough, and the Jags are bad. Three at halftime. Let's go get ten more points on the board and let's get worried about Nashville. Well, I think at the very least, it'd just be nice to, you know, win this one going away where, where, you know, they're coming up with dumbass stories and stats that don't have anything to do because they have to fill air time because the game's out of hand, you know. Or we're talking about Dearness Johnson and <laughs> at that point and all that good stuff. Yeah, throw up, throw up the playoff hunt stuff, all that. Yeah, get that. Get That's the type of the game this, they need to have. Look, it's there's just no way around it. This is, you know, this is even easier than last week. Um, you know, and Mike Lennon, I can't even tell you probably the last time, even no Pete, the last time Mike Lennon took NFL reps. Um, I, didn't even, I didn't even know he was still in Jacksonville. I think he starts his last start was 2017. He has this is his fifth different team he will have played for. Uh, I know that much. Uh, this is his first, first, uh, first game for the Jags. Um, you know, he, he's he's only started like 22 games or something like that, which I found interesting. It felt like he's played more than that. But, yeah, and he got a lot of money uh, courtesy of the Bears. So, you know, he's doing he's doing well from that standpoint. To get beat out by – let's see here. To get beat out by Mitch Trubisky, who where now Nick Foles is no longer the quarterback for the Jags, but he went to Chicago, beat out Trubisky. Now Trubisky beat him out. It's just crazy, vicious cycle. Um, just shows you how bad some teams really, really need quarterbacks. And for those of you who don't appreciate or aren't thankful for Baker Mayfield, just take a look at teams like the Bears and the Jacksonville Jaguars and what they're trotting out at the quarterback position. And maybe uh, think twice again about that one. Uh, look, we'll fire it up on Sunday at, at the end. Um, 
everything here looks uh, like, you know, this, this should be one where Browns can just go down, take care of business. It's simple. It's easy. I don't even think they have to be very elaborate in anything they do. And the last thing you want to do is waste anything good on a one and nine football team like the Jacksonville Jaguars when you do have the Titans coming up and you have the Ravens coming up on Monday Night Football right after that. So just you know, be ready, get ready to you know, rock and roll as far as you know those things are concerned. Um, and as far as with the whole stuff with the Ravens and their, their COVID situation and the Steelers players whining and crying, and then you see one of the Steelers stalwarts and Vince Williams, essentially, you know, he puts out a tweet and says, I don't care about any of this. Whenever we play, we play. You know, I'm just worried that all these guys are going to be okay. That's the perspective angle. I mean, and, you know, look, I know there's a lot of you know bad blood and there's rivalries, but, I mean, you play these guys within this AFC North. You see each other a ton. You know, we play each other twice a year. Um, everybody just look out for each other. Uh, look, you all understand, I mean, this is a money grab. Um, and Pete had a tweet similar to this earlier. Look, the league's out for their money, and the players are saying, fine, we're out for our money too. Um, I, I don't know or see any way that this is going to get halted unless this gets crazy crazy out of control where we're talking one team's maybe got 20 guys on this list. Um, but somehow, some way, you know, the NFL and it definitely seems like the players association is committed to taking it to its conclusion. There could be a delay at some point. Um, there could be stricter measures where players go to practice and go to hotel. Who knows? I mean, it, it certainly could be coming, but uh, it seems everybody, you know, all parts involved are committed to getting the season done and in the books so everybody can get paid. He is Pete Smith. Browns Digest through SI.com. Pete and his team do a fantastic job. You get great content day in, day out. Uh, one of Pete's uh, younger guys, Sean Stevenson, uh, he puts out a you know live pregame show every Sunday. He's actually doing a really nice job with that. So make sure you're checking out everything coming out from team, Pete and his team at Browns Digest through SI.com. Make sure you're following uh, the man, even though he has the worst food or Thanksgiving food takes that ever lived, at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Uh, the show, at Lockdown Browns, follow back account, DMs are open. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. iTunes, Spotify, make sure you are subscribed. Leave the written reviews, leave the ratings as we continue to try to give you guys the best coverage day in, day out, as we can over here at Lockdown Browns. And a golden opportunity to be sitting pretty at about 4, 5, 4 o'clock, 4.15 on Sunday. And we can maybe say the phrase, look at your 8-3 and three Cleveland Browns. This has been your daily delivery of all things to all about. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>